Hi, I'm Jen Turner, and I'm a psychic medium. Hi, I'm Nadia Thorman, and I'm like the Ryan Seacrest to her Teresa Caputo. And we're here to have a normal conversation about weird stuff. Welcome to The Soul Spot. Hello, friends. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited, too. Going into summer. It's a beautiful day outside. I can't believe how fast this year is going by. It's like been a thousand years and a single week all at the same time. I know. It's so weird. It's totally weird. Um, I'm excited about today's topic. I am, too. We decided to call the episode Namaste. Yes. The highest in me sees the highest in you. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. There's lots of interpretations of it. But I feel like um, this is an episode that we have been wanting to do for a while. Is something that comes up all the time in my readings. And lately, I feel like it has been a trend, especially with parents. Um, I've seen that in and just relationships in general. But we've seen a trend of this coming up. And what I say in the readings is, and we were almost about to name this episode that, but is meet, meet them in the high or meet me in the high. I love it. And so what that means is the trend that I've been seeing is that a lot of the times, and I'm going to use the parents and the kids as the first example, but a lot of the times parents will feel like they are doing their best parenting when their kids are in a place of despair. So a kid is sick, a kid is um, maybe having behavioral issues, they are going through any kind of confusion they have so they have they have things that need help and parents can then step into the role of really feeling like a mom and really feeling like a dad and saying like I'm getting my children the treatment that they need so we are going to go to the best doctors we are going to diagnose them we're going to get them the best treatment we are going to listen to what they have to say and go down this path with them but what ends up happening is the shift that I've seen just from my experience is that what ends up happening is that that becomes their relationship of one with the problem and one with the fix. Right. Right. And like, or the supportive role and the, the one, the troubled one and the supportive one. And it feels like there's a big imbalance and it feels like what happens is it makes the issue, whatever the issue is, grow more. It gives a lot of power to whatever the issue is. And the shift that I feel is the better way to go and the one that I always get during these readings when I'm super connected is to meet them in the high, to meet them in the good, to meet them in the place where they are succeeding. So what this looks like in one example is where somebody is, um, there is a dyslexic child, say, or there is... um, there's a child who has like some sort of learning disability and the parents are doing all of the therapy and all of the sessions, but this child is like actually a very gifted artist and like very crafty. She's like, I think like a 10 year old girl or something and like very crafty. So it's like meet her there. Right. Like let that be an equal part of your parenting experience with her Mm -hmm. instead of it being only you there to help fix and pick up meet them in that place. So that's where like the stronger bond, the better relationship takes place. And I'm not discounting our role and responsibility that we have to help our children, but we 
over, we hyper focus on that as opposed to meeting them in the place that they are succeeding. And what happens is that space there grows Mm -hmm. and that good gets bigger and it makes whatever the issue is feel smaller. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that's the topic of today. (laughs) Okay. This is so good. And of course, like everything we talk about, everything always connects back to each every topic always connects back to itself. Everything you're talking about is also in the same realm of manifestation, right? Because we tend to manifest bad things in our life. We put our energy into the wrong things because we're feeding that energy. When we feed the energy of the high, as we're calling it, we're creating more of that. So what are you creating when you're spending that time with your child in their art space? You're creating self-esteem. You're creating memories. You're creating love. You're creating all of these things that maybe even could have a side effect of resolving some of the other issues that they're in therapy for, right. if we're using this example. right? Um, I really love this one, and I think it's important because, of course, we need those things in our life. We need the therapists. We need the specialists. Those all serve a purpose, but it cannot be um, become an identity, right? and it can't become where the on- that's the only source of your connection and your energy. Right. This is just so great. So, like, what's another example you see? Well, so one thing that you had mentioned, actually, before we started recording, was just that what we were describing is, like, the epitome of namaste. And so namaste is, like, it... So when we spent time in India, like, it, they use it for different meanings, and it's kind of been adapted in lots of different ways. But basically, like, it's bowing to you. It's the highest in me sees the highest in you. It's a respectful greeting. Um, and so the idea is basically saying, like, I am choosing to see the best parts of you and honor that. Right. And that is... What a beautiful message is that? Like, we say namaste all the time, but, like, if you actually stop and think about what that means and, like, feel that, I think it's one of the most powerful messages that we could ever share with someone. It's so beautiful. And of I, the, the first thing I think of, too, is, um, since we're on the topic of parenting, I think about my relationship with my son with autism. And one of my favorite quotes that I'm sure I've probably said on this podcast before Um, It's something along the lines of, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will grow up always believing it is stupid. Oh, Oh my God. I love that. Right? Because it's like, okay, so for if I'm going to use my son as the example, he has so many amazing gifts, and he marches to the beat of his own drum, and he's got his own unique abilities. and. If you can get in his world and meet him there, you can see all that he's capable of, yeah. right? And if you see what he's capable of, if you meet him in his world, then a lot of amazing things follow. A lot of growth follows. If I would were to sit down and try to make him do something for an hour at a time that was so out of his wheelhouse of the way he operates or his, his comfort zone, I am... I'm making a fish climb a tree, essentially. Yeah. And it's just not fair. And and his example is a little more extreme, but I think this applies to every person in our lives. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, I think that he's actually the perfect example. Yeah. Like, that is the perfect example of it because there is, and we, we say this all the time, just you and I and talking, that, like, nobody's all good and nobody's all bad. Right. It's lots of different versions of each other. And it's kind of like that inkblot test, you know, Mm -hmm. of 
when you look at this, what do you see? And it says more about you than it says about them. Right. And so I, I feel like that is the case with this. And like the whole idea of namaste is choosing to see the good parts of somebody. And also, I don't know, I'm trying to find it. I don't think I can, but it's, um, I've heard the interpretation too of like, I, like the, um, I see the God in you within mm-hmm. you and I am bowing to like the God within you. Right. So all of those variations, I mean, they mean the same thing, but it's just so beautiful and powerful. And the children one, I think is one that comes to mind easily, but there's also, there's also a lot in relationships and in marriages, so many in parent in, in relationships with us to our parents mm-hmm. of, you know, that, that really kind of strange transition when you start realizing that they're people and that they don't know everything and that they're flawed. And then you see, you know, it for what it is. And you have to kind of make that choice of saying, I recognize the good. 100%. And I think what we do in the parent-child, specifically the adult-parent-child relationship is such a good example because what we do our whole lives is we put people in these boxes of our expectations of them. Right. Right. And then we become adults and we reconcile the fact that they will never be that person. And then we say to ourselves, but that's okay. Yes. And that's a, that's one of those aha moments we all have. Right. Most of us, if you have some kind of decent relationship with your parents, even if it's not perfect, you recognize that they're never going to be this parent or this person, and that's okay. Right. And you learn to love them anyways, and then going back to this theme, you meet them in the high. Yes. Where are they the, their best selves? Where do they? Where do we feel connected the most? Yes. And because now we're mature adults, we make the conscious effort to meet them there. Even if we want them to be in other places, it's okay to say that's not realistic and that's not going to happen. Right. And it's okay to meet them in the high. We can do the same thing with our husbands, with oh, our yeah. partners. Absolutely. I mean, this is so good because this applies to so many things, right? It's like, where where is my partner the best father? Well, he's the best father when he's out kicking the soccer ball with mm-hmm. my kids, right? So I'm going to celebrate that, and I'm going to try to participate in that, and I'm going to encourage that, and I'm going to meet them in that place. Even though that's out of my comfort yep. zone, I see that my kids love it. I see that he loves it. I'm not going to try to make him go to this museum he doesn't want to go to. Right. I mean, this is like a silly example, right. but it is kind of like, you know, just recognizing where people shine. Yeah. And where And they, honoring them it, for that. Right. Because that's how we all are going to all lift each other up and have these loving relationships. I mean, and if you think about it on the flip side, like imagine if people around you, and this is speaking to the collective, right? Imagine if people around you really only choose to see the good in you and honor that. How freeing does that feel? It just feels like I can now be better and I can choose to be myself. And it just feels like all around healing. And um, there's the example of being in like a marriage, right? Of finding that place where, where you can meet them, where it's, where it's good Mm -hmm. and where it's not dramatic Um, so I, I feel like there's a lot with the marriages, but one that just came to mind that I need to share because it was such a powerful reading was with a client of mine who I just love and, um, she does not have a relationship with her mother. She has gone, um, I think a couple years without speaking to her mom. This has been a really contentious relationship her whole life. And I think it took her 
a real, so this is why it's a perfect example actually, because it's taken her a long time to have the self-worth to distance herself right. from this toxic environment, right? So we need to honor that journey as well and say, okay, you have made the decision to distance yourself and draw clear boundaries of what you want in your life. However, there's still a gaping hole mm-hmm. in her. Right. So that was like step one of the journey was to distance. And now we're kind of into step two and saying like, Hey, now that you're distanced and you've built your own life and you have done the inner healing and you've done the spiritual work, you now have a decision to make of, do you want a relationship with your mother exactly the way that she is? Mm -hmm. Or do you not want a relationship with that woman? Those are your only options here. Right. And Of course, it was this like breakdown moment of like, I want a relationship with my mom. And I'm like, of course you do. Mm -hmm. We all do, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is like such a human fundamental to distance yourself from a parent is it goes against like so much of what we're built to do. And so it is a natural desire to want a relationship with your parents, I think. Um, And then so saying we're not going to be able to change her. She's going to drop the ball as a grandparent. Mm -hmm. She's going to drop the ball to you. She's not going to follow through with you. She's going to set you up for disappointment and hurt your feelings. And she's just ultimately like not really going to be there for you. And, but here's what we can do. Mm -hmm. You can send her pictures of your kids and that's going to make you feel good. Mm -hmm. And you're going to send like stories about them and that's going to make you feel good. And she's going to feel that. Mm -hmm. And even if that's the only place you meet, if it's just an exchanging of pictures and uh, thanks for sending, love that picture of him. He's so cute. Even if that is it, that's something. That's such great advice because I think that's such a tricky situation, um, especially when an adult parent and, uh, sorry, when an adult doesn't have a, speaking relationship with the parent I think it's there's so much deep hurt there and there's so much history um and I think it kind of it goes back to what we talked about during our forgiveness episode a long time ago oh yeah the reason we forgive um people isn't for them it's for ourselves a lot of the time and a lot of times that forgiveness can just take place during you know your own internal work and your own healing doesn't mean you're going to have this conversation and say I forgive you for all these things it's more like that forgiveness slowly takes place over time in your healing journey after you've created those boundaries even when you're not speaking you know in a moment of prayer in a moment of meditation in a just moment of clarity of seeking those small moments of forgiveness to then now be at a place where you can you know send pictures of your kids and have those small moments because you're not holding on to that anymore. Right. Because you've forgiven them, even if they don't deserve it. Absolutely. And I think the more inner work we do, the more we realize how wounded they are. Yeah. And their, um, restri- their restrictions and um, not being able to fully love themselves. And so I think that it becomes um, a, a better environment the more inner work you do. And then you're not as affected and you're not as easily hurt because you do have those strong, healthy boundaries, but this is where I'm going to meet you. I'm going to meet you in the high and I'm going to meet you in the place that we can connect. And that is all I can do. Right. You know? And so there's also a feeling of people who don't have relationships. If you cut somebody out of your life, whoever it is, 
parents, kids, friends, whatever. The, the, the motive for that typically is to teach the other person a lesson. Right. It's not because you have strong boundaries. It's usually to hurt them, to inflict a wound on them by saying, I am now removing my presence from you. Mm-hmm. So you see the light or you are taught the lesson mm-hmm. of how much you messed up. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it work. Right. It never works. What ends up happening is um, you just grow more and more angry and resentful. You know what I mean? Totally. So it's like the, the, so it's tricky, but I, I've just personally never seen it where it's like, then they saw the light. You know, you said you would never see them again and you never saw them again. And then they saw the light and came yeah. looking. It doesn't work that it way. It doesn't. You know, it's really sad. But, um, if you can have that journey where you can do the work yourself, yeah, then you can have that love to give regardless of the hurt in the history or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, there's just, there's so much there. And it's really hard. The lesson, I think, is something that I have to remind myself daily with relationships in my personal life is to love without expectation. Mm -hmm. Is that I need to just love you and see the good in you and bow to the God within you that, like, our creator made Mm -hmm. and that I honor. Right. And I need to do that without ever expecting it to be returned to me. Totally. Uh, And that's a really hard thing to do. It is. But I think that's where the best healing and growth comes from. One more thing, actually, about just the term namaste that I wanted to share. Um, I just read this, and I love this so much. I think you will, too. Is that it means the belief that the divine and self is same in you and me. Yes, I love that. And you know what else I just thought of? That's actually a really good, um, I mean, we say all the time, if you do yoga, like we just, it's such a, I think we forget how much, how powerful the meaning is, but it's such a good, like little affirmation to just take with you throughout the day. Like, you know, when you're having a moment of irritation or just doing anything in your daily life to just be like, namaste. Yes. <laughs> just really, it doesn't mean peace. I no. think that's what a lot of people think, you know, or that's right. how it's been interpreted and like kind of watered down, but it's so much more than that. Yeah. You know, it is the, it brings peace. Yeah. But it is the, it's like. It's been watered down in kind of like the, um, you know, diet spirituality community to be like a very basic bitch term of, yeah. you know, just yeah. like, oh, namaste. Yeah. Which is and it's fun. still it's still fun and beautiful and we love all that too, totally, right? totally. But I think to really internalize its meaning is really yeah. really beautiful. Yeah, and, and I think it. that there is like a lot in the yoga practice where um, you feel that you feel like the true meaning of Namaste and to be able to say like, I mean, really, what that last passage was or what that last definition was is that. So, um, the divine and self is same in you and me. And I love it because it's like, we have the way I interpret that is like, you have equal parts, God and Nadia, and I have equal parts, God and Jen. Mm -hmm. So we're equals. And this is like the, the whole human experience of connecting with each other and recognizing those pieces of each other. Yeah. Your, your experience in your soul is just as valuable as mine. Yeah. And you're just as complex and layered and human and feeling 
and all of those things yeah. and all your history. Like, and we don't know, like we go through life on autopilot and we don't know everyone's going through all of their stuff, right? Everyone's got their stories, their traumas, their everything. And it's like, take a minute and remember that before you're rude to the person at the grocery store checking you out right. or before you have road rage right? or before you get, um, overly zealous and uh, you're a keyboard warrior about and with somebody you don't even know and you, you we dehumanize people a lot yeah and if we can cut that shit out that's a good thing yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely it reminds especially me too, these days man i mean especially in all these like social media stuff nadia and i always send each other like screenshots of these uh um <laughs> i you know what you you're looking for words that you can't find because you're not good at technology. But um, we said you each looked other, at me like, "Where are you going with this?" I'm like, "You know, you know." No, but I, I just come know, up with it. I know, I know. She's struggling. <laughs> we send each other memes. Yes, we send each other. They're called memes, Jen. <laughs> They're called memes. This is real life, you guys. She's not a hundred. <laughs> We send each other memes uh, just about, you know, all the things that are happening, but just kind of like this ridiculousness that's happened in this um, crazy black and white polarizing narrative that's being shoved down everyone's throats all the time, 24-7. And everyone... Um, everyone's offending everyone. Everyone's hurting each other's feelings. Every, I mean, it's just too much. It's nonstop. And I think if we take a minute, take a deep breath, and humanize people for who they are, that it the truth is always in the nuance, and nobody's that angry or that judgmental. Yeah. And the people that are, they're they're projecting their own issues. Yeah. Honestly, like you know, there's a lot of when you see somebody now, like when I see somebody now with that much rage, I always take a minute and I'm like, this is, this is all their stuff. Oh yeah. Completely. It's not me. If somebody is lashing out at you for something that's disproportionate for what's happening, right? it's their own work. And that's when you just take a deep breath and say, namaste. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Even though you are being a dick. (laughs) You know, before I'm gonna this, put the explicit on this because I'm dropping a lot of bombs today. But you know, what? I like it. I, it's I, I like it. I feel. I feel like I need to speak my truth right now. I love it. Um, I was going to say before this, we before we started recording, we were talking about enneagrams, and Nadia and I are huge fans of enneagrams. And yes. it's interesting because when we say "meet me in the high" or "go to" or like "Namaste," or I see the the highest in me recognizes the highest in you. The Enneagrams are super interesting with that because there are growth patterns within it. And it is interesting of like where I can meet you and where I can meet Dave and where I can meet a one versus a two versus a six. I meet all of these people in different areas. You do too. And they're not the same. No. And um, it made me, we always laugh because Nadia is a seven and I'm a three and obviously best friends. And I was doing yesterday, you know what I did? I was like... I got a piece of paper out and I wrote my summer bucket list of all the fun things I needed God, to do this, this summer. So you, this is so you for all things. Like it's so intense, you guys. This is <laughs> this is no exaggeration. If we come over for a play date, like if we if I just bring my kids to our house for a casual play date, there will be like a whole spread of like DIY cookies on the counter and crafts in the kitchen and like there's just like 
like playstations and activities and she's like the cruise director and I'm like oh my gosh like can I have a glass of wine because I came here to like sit down and drink wine and gossip with you <laughs> you are just I'm the like, camp there's counselor many, there's too many activities we don't have time we don't have time it's actually my favorite but like I have to give you shit for it oh no I know it's the best that's like I was I'm expecting that yeah. it'd be weird if you didn't but yesterday and I'll show you it's on our refrigerator and it's the most intense summer bucket list ever like we're going to all the places and doing all of the things and I have to do that because the three in me feels like okay I need to know that I'm like not missing anything and that we can achieve all of these fun activities and we might not get to all of them and that's okay but I was thinking um I'll just put it on my fall bucket oh my list. gosh um and then but <laughs> I mean I'm like kind of kidding but not really so good but um but as I was writing all of these really fun things and I was like envisioning us at like Knott's Berry Farm and like the 4th of July parties yeah. and like all of this stuff, I was like, this is where I meet you. Yeah. And this is totally it because you are like, I want to do all the fun things because totally. you're a seven. And I'm like, I can make it happen. Come with me. Yeah. And you're the planner. So I'm like you. And, and the difference is like, you can just call me the day before I'm in. If I'm free, I'm like, yep, I'm in. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, Yeah, I love that. But back to the Enneagram in general, you guys, if you know any Enneagram experts, then DM um, Jen at the Soul Spot because I think that'd be a really fun episode. I mean, I feel like it'd be a whole season because we're so into it. I think that it's... I think it's really good for spirituality. Oh, absolutely. Because it makes you know your lane Mm -hmm. and it allows you to see the good in everybody and what they're motivated by and where you meet them. Like you are not going to be the friend that I do like all this with or do the projects with, but you are my friend that will enjoy all of it along the way of whatever I plan. (laughs) And and it's important to see that in our relationships with our kids too. It's like... The, kind of what a back to what I was talking about. We're all in a different operating system, yeah. right? So we all have different. Such a good way of putting we it. We all have different um, hardware, and we are have different perceptions. And when we can see that in people, we are seeing the highest in them because yeah. we're seeing their motivations. Absolutely, you know. And someone's motivation is usually coming from a place of truth, whether or not it's like healthy or right or wrong or or otherwise it that doesn't really matter but like when you can see that then you're seeing why the human in your life is motivated or why they're doing the things they're doing or why their intentions aren't always bad intentions they're just kind of like doing their best completely and it's it's allowed me to take so much less personally yeah totally and like really appreciate people so yeah. All right. Well, you know what? This was a really fun episode. I am inspired by this namaste yeah. that I'm going to take with me throughout my week. So yeah. we hope you guys too. do too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Words are hard sometimes. And we're recording this in the morning today. Jen hasn't even had anything to drink. So there we are. Oh All right. Gosh. We love you guys so love much. You. Namaste. namaste. <laughs>